On this episode of The Playbook, I have Kristen Kitty Plays Michaela, video game streamer and YouTuber, and we are going to talk about the other side of gaming, the grind of being a professional gamer, and what the future looks like in gaming. Join me for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs The Playbook, and I have my first streamer, Kitty Plays, is what most people know her as, but I actually know her as Kristen Valnicek. Yes. I don't know which one's cooler. They're both great names. Thank you. For different areas of the world. You know, yeah. on, you can't go buy a gamer tag as Kristen Malachek, so. Well, before we started, I was talking about, you know, my experience in technology and sports and business. And I have never seen a wider divide of awareness of something so big. Right? When there's a trend or a new sport, you know, everybody is talking about fantasy when fantasy came up. Right? Yeah. If you said fantasy football... Whether they did it or not, they knew what that was. Right. Well, here's something that's bigger than fantasy football, bigger than all fantasy sports, something called eSports. Yes. And it is an extraordinary phenomenon that I believe will be the biggest sport in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's because it crosses all barriers. When I say that, you know, whether cricket is large, it's only large in certain places to certain people. Mm -hmm. Soccer, even, the biggest sport in the world right now, is still to, for certain people in certain places. Yeah, esports is worldwide and has a connectivity that none of the other sports have ever had. Mm -hmm. And that ubiquitous sport is an extraordinary phenomenon. I want you to explain in your terms because people ask me all the time, "What the heck is esports?" So that's a great question, and that can go many different ways. Yeah, and I go think any way you want. This is as, your show. As the industry is evolving, I think it is finding some splitting up um, that's happening. But esports is competitive gaming online. It covers a huge swash of games. There's none in specific that really have succeeded over others. Even I think Fortnite's made a really big step into things but even then they don't call themselves an esport it's right. competitive Fortnite because they really want to separate themselves from things that are happening but um it transcends all ages everyone can access it you see mobile games especially really popping up um across the world and uh leagues are forming now how many people do you think play in that realm um, millions and millions and millions. I'm sure we could ask our more staff than guy any later. Other sport. Don't you think it's probably more than any other sport now? More than any other sport. Well, the interesting thing about esports is you're you're grouping a huge group of people. You know, there's some people that like to play um, mobile games. There's some people that like to play PC games. But then when, within each realm, there's so many games within it. You have millions of players on Fortnite. You have millions of players on Dota, on Counter-Strike, um, on Clash of Clans. Um, especially Clash of Clans, which is yeah. really popular in China, actually. But my, my favorite thing, I have you know one son who's nine, huge mm -hmm. Fortnite kid, yep. and uh, you know the EA stuff, of course, but mostly Fortnite. Yeah. And then I have teenage daughters, which are on the mobile side, playing all types of different things. But I love the fact that I'll walk by, and the skin that my son is playing is a girl skin. Yeah. And I ask him, like, dude, why? You know, why did you choose that one? 
And he's like, because it's the coolest skin. I, I, there, there is this connectivity that's occurring because, you know, whether you are athletic, tall, skinny, fat, strong, weak, blue-eyed, brown-eyed, mm-hmm. white skin, black skin, old, yellow young, skin, old, old, young. From Europe or South America. And you can make yourself to be whatever you want yourself yeah. to be in that world. Mm-hmm. But your skill set is determinative upon, you know, a lifetime of achievement. I mean, literally, yeah. you could start when you're 70 and be the best in the world, or you could start when you're seven yeah. and be the best in the world. Well, it's different skills, right? Yeah. So it's not just relative to your gene pool. Um, if you have this strategy mentally, you know, and you can do the high meta game, we call it. So just understanding the game in a way that other players don't. You might uh, come out on top above players that have really fast reaction times, but still don't understand the deep strategy. Um, and that's what I find so interesting about esports is like you don't need to be six foot five. Um, <laughs> right. like and super naturally strong to have an advantage. Um, anyone has access to this, whether, like you said, you're young or you're old. Um, and so it's an opportunity for people to get together to build community and then compete against each other, which is so natural for human beings. Yeah, and you said something that was really needed that everybody was worried about, especially with gaming, was community. Yeah. You know, originally the idea of sitting there and playing a game by yourself, mm-hmm. what was the tragic part about playing video games right. or, or gaming at all, right? Yeah. Because we weren't outside, we weren't in community, we weren't learning how to interact. And, you know, I love the fact that my kids have friends around the world that they've never met. They communicate all the time effectively. They share inspiration. Mm -hmm. They share disappointment and excitement, winning and losing, all these different emotional things that we have to learn about. But I actually believe that it's building a community, it's building oneness, that it's not separating uh, what we're doing. how do you feel about that? Because you're in that generation where, you know, it's not as if when you were a little kid, you could be a, a streamer all the time. You were probably out playing outside in Canada, skiing, skating, whatever yeah. you do. Oh, and yeah. then you've transitioned into, I'm sure a lot of your time is spent, you know, with a headset in a chair. Headset in a chair, definitely. I mean, I talk to parents all the time now. Actually, my anyone that my dad works with, he's always forwarding them to me for questions because they're, they do get worried about their... Uh, daughter or son when they're saying that they don't want to go to soccer practice or basketball practice anymore because they want to focus on competitive Fortnite. and I understand like when you have the known and it's an unknown world and you know there's always issues of privacy coming up and safety but um, I love the way that Twitch and gaming and enjoying content brings people together. Um, There's so many kids now who are learning such strong communication skills, leadership skills, um, like map awareness, deep strategy, like there's analytics, analytics, (laughs) oh, into the 10th degree. It's crazy. Um, And I think all the skills that you earn in gaming and when you work together with another person towards an objective, whether it's scoring a goal in the soccer field or capturing the flag in a video game, um, that's a way that you bond and you learn about the person. And I credit a lot of my leadership skills and communication skills to all the time I spent raiding in World of Warcraft and my teens. And <laughs> my mom would come into my room and be like, Kristen, like, go outside. Your friends invited you to the party. And I'd be leading, you know, a raid group through World of Warcraft and running a guild at like 14. I'm like, Mom, 
one day I'm going to get paid to play video games. And you mentioned this at the time that was game testing or game developing, which is still really, really small industries. And now you can use any skills that you have and join the gaming industry, whether it's investing in orgs and running orgs or being a manager of players, a coach, a psychologist, like there's a pro player, I yeah. mean, anything. The one thing, you know, coming from my background in the sports agentry and sports marketing side of things, I don't think anyone's really leading the way of branding someone. Mm. So you have an extraordinary following. Yes. You're really good at what you do and you're only going to get better, right? Mm. It's not like, you know, it might be great, great to be six foot five and have all the athletic ability in the world, but that only lasts so long. Yeah. They're not getting better at 38. No. Or 48 or 58. So the, the gaming skills and knowledge are going to be exponentially superior to what they are today. And people like you will be the ones leading it, not just playing, but coaching and developing all types of things. But mm-hmm. I don't think we have a grasp on how to monetize or brand kitty plays, for example. Yeah. Right. In other sports, if someone had a following like you had or like Ninja, you know, Ninja can say that he made five million in a year. He should be making 50 million. Yeah. Right. No, I think he probably will this year. Yeah, I hope he, he is, does. He is learning how to brand himself more. And well, I mean, that develops. And I a think topic the companies were currency. more open to it now, too. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And well, we do see a lot of, uh, you know, as everyone's learning about esports individually, also companies are learning about esports. So traditionally they would go for huge ad buys in media but that that does not have the same level of engagement that influencers content creators pro players and brands online have so you see a lot of these companies now that they're starting to understand more about gaming start taking you know their hundred million dollar ad buys and putting it on you know real creators who have real engagement and real communities that will buy their products so that's the whole education area as well which is awesome and one of the things that i've heard is that one of the, um, I call it the golden handcuffs in the corporate world, but one of the harder things to deal with is as you get a following and you have subscribers and followers in a community that you're stuck or trapped because you always have to be online or else you have tr- a dramatic drop in your following or yeah. community. Does that actually occur now or is there a sustainability to that? Um I think it depends on the creator and I think uh, savvy creators recognize that and will make steps um, to make sure that they have passive income and are investing what they earn and are taking steps every day to not chain themselves up. Um, I definitely felt that way when I was building my brand the first couple years. It was, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day, every day. And I would burn out every three months. I would book myself into the spa for two days, go totally like, like off the grid, off the grid. And then I, that's the most efficient way for me to get out of burnout. And then I come back and then just do it all over again. Yeah. Um, but now, now that you have things like other social media platforms where you can be posting on when you're not directly live on Twitch or posting to YouTube, that helps a lot. Um, and there, you do see changes. But the momentum is definitely um, something that does get lost on Twitch. Um, so actually last year... I ended up taking a year off in my year four of streaming. And I came back last February when the Fortnite kind of rise was coming. I was like, this is fun. I really enjoy this game because that's important to love what you do. Yeah, so if you're course. playing a game that you're tied to that you don't love to do, that's, <laughs> that's torture. It is torture. Yeah. Um, so I came back with that and I said to myself, the only way that I'm not going to burn out this year is if I make um, manage time off 
So I streamed three weeks a month and I would travel for a week a month. And that travel for the week a month could not be for business meetings. It couldn't be for coming on a podcast. <laughs> it had to be. Come on, this is like vacation this in is, here. I, I mean, it is. This is a great spot. Fans over here, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be like forced relaxation time so that when I'm relaxing, I'm present. I'm there, I'm relaxing. And when I'm working, I'm asking myself, what do I need to do in these three weeks to make it that I'm not going to lose the momentum in my week off? So whether it's scheduling videos um, or making decisions to work just smarter <laughs> um, made a big difference. And then you use the term creator, and I know personally what that means, but I know mm -hmm. most of the people that are listening when you say, well, these creators, Explain to me what a creator is. So a creator is anyone that's creating anything on the internet, whether you're creating memes to post on Reddit or live streaming every single day. Cool inspirational videos. like Cool inspirational <laughs> videos. I think it's just a really broad term that everyone understands the idea of creating. Um, and you are having to be creative when you're creating this content, even though it is you know new media creative. Um, so I like I like the term creator better than influencer because um, influencer has a lot of negative connotations now, and I think people have kind of sullied the word. But uh, content creator, kind of broad term of anyone creating anything anywhere. Well, I think you get time. to the value proposition. Like I love the word creator. You know, people call me an influencer, and I'm yeah. like, well, you actually have to be a creative or a creator yeah. to influence people, right? Yeah. You have to have great ideas or have something to teach mm -hmm. or be inspirational to somebody or empower somebody to be an influencer. Yep. But in order to do that first, you have to have good ideas and have to be able to create those. Creating value. And, yeah, creating yeah. value. And so that's really cool. Now, one of the other things that I've seen in the transition of esports and being a creator within the space of streaming games, et cetera, is that originally it all had to be live. Yeah. Right. And now they've really picked up on something that I've known about data for mm -hmm. years because I was the CEO of the first smartphone in 99, That's seven incredible. years out. You were seven, by the way. <laughs> um, but I realized that it's one thing to be live, but I was always a big fan of capturing content yeah. and editing it and, you know, empowering it, making it even better than real life. Yeah. Then uh, amplifying it in the appropriate way mm -hmm. and perpetuating it so that all three realms have value. Right. So you can do something live on a stage. It doesn't mm -hmm. even have to be online, right? We can do something live anywhere. I can walk the streets. Yeah. But if I capture it correctly, yeah. I amplify it in the appropriate manner and perpetuate it, I have an annuity. Yeah. Right? Just like literally an IUL, which is a life insurance policy that gives you an annuity the rest of your life. Yep. So every year I get so much money. Mm -hmm. You actually are just the same as Steven Spielberg creating Star Wars that, you know, Friends still gets paid for as it's syndicated. Mm -hmm. People will go back yep. and watch your content for years and years to come. Mm -hmm. And because the industry is evolving and the streams of income are evolving, I think what you create today will be worth more money 10 years from now if you have the right perspective, if you capture, amplify, and perpetuate in the right way. I love that. Are you taking those steps right now and thinking in that realm? Um, I've always thought that way just from an efficiency of content creation. So it's when I do things that are live, it all gets chopped up into whether it's 30 second clips or 10 minute videos or hour long VODs. Um, and then that gets promoted. But the perpetuity, I think, is like the hard one. How do you how do you promote it and set it up in a way that you have people that are coming back and consuming that type of content? And what type of content is it? Like, yes, it's humorous and it's fun, but a lot of the stuff with gaming is 
is trending you know it's that meta for that week it's not so much about the the podcast ideas of empowerment and um like your your success series is fantastic because no matter what time of the year where the industry is at it's all it's, it is evergreen right. um so i think there is a lot of opportunities in creating evergreen content in gaming and, and a lot of people are doing that and um tyler and i my social media producer have done uh, a few of those things already together um but i think that's definitely important to keep in mind and i do agree that it will always just be providing dividends um, for the rest of your life. Yeah, well, the advantage and disadvantage of what you do are, you know, the different seasons, the different versions, mm -hmm. et cetera. So it's difficult on the evergreen side where I think, you know, you're so exceptional and just a little bit of, you know, guidance here. I would love to see you be kind of this branding person. The most interesting thing that you've said as a business person in sports an inspirational person, the most interesting thing, you're so super successful, but I'm while you're talking, thinking about, do I know anybody that can work their butt off for three straight weeks and then take a week off and be successful, mm -hmm. right? Because it's an odd thing. Like, you know, I teach consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential. Right. People say all the time, because yeah, I don't believe in work. I believe in activity I get paid for, an activity I don't get paid for. I love for. that. And so to take a week break after going after it for three weeks yeah. is divergent from what I would think would work. Right. And so you really piqued a, a huge curiosity of mine of what is it like when, okay, I know what the three weeks are like because yeah. I live my life that way. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, because I, I have to take a week off at times. Yeah. Right. I have four kids and a family mm -hmm. and I have to stay present and I really make the most of it. Yeah. And I, I still stay connected way more than you do during that week, probably, because mm -hmm. um, it gives me solace. But what does it feel like when you get back every month from that one week off? Is there, do you feel like economically you took a step? Is there any step or is it all just like, wow, I really didn't miss out? Because I, I'm willing to try this if yeah. you tell me, believe it or not, Dave, it's kind of like giving yourself an hour a day to work out. When you, mm -hmm. when I first said I'm going to do this instead of putting my family first and my business se second and my health third, yeah. I was going to give an hour a day. And I forced myself the same way. I just, an hour a day. And meanwhile, I get more done, mm -hmm. more time for my family, more time for my business. Because your head's straight. Yeah. yeah. Is it the same thing with taking a week off? A hundred percent. Like, for me, at the end of the three weeks, I was almost like, oh, I've got so much momentum. I don't want to do this trip. It's like, no, Kristen, you have to. You've booked it at 12 different places around the world during that year. And I would just go. And then I'd, I'd have that resistance. But then you relax into it. You enjoy the week. You do. Un I would unplug to a degree. I would still have daily uploaded YouTube content that was recorded the three weeks Good. prior. Um, and then by the end of the week, I was ready. You know, well, you're it too was hungry. Like, you missed it. I missed it, but for in both ways, like I was still being present, but I was ready to work because I knew that that last week was coming up and it totally decreased all of the um, energy I would spend normally in Wanderlust because I knew that trip was coming. I knew that that relaxation, that like time to take care of me, which I believe that our most important thing in our life should be filling ourselves up first and then giving to our work act or activity that was paid in our family and our friends from overflow, which I think can be achieved when you take the right steps. Um, so that would be my like supercharging. And then I would come at the next three weeks with 
bigger ideas, better brainstorming. I mean, my best ideas to change the meta on Twitch when I was growing and in content creation was spent going on hikes or, yeah. you know, in nature. And I would see, oh, that's so interesting how these two things work together. Like, how does this apply to Twitch or meeting certain people? And so I, I think it's really important for us to just be diverse as people if we're going to change the industry. And I believe, like, the most fun value that you can add to the industry is when you're creating change and helping it develop and just repeating the same steps and routine that the people that you look up to and the ones that are already successful or the ones that have already worked for you are just going to create like, you know, a plateau or not the kind of growth that is possible for you. So that's awesome. Well, you're mm -hmm. years of wisdom. Y'all. I got two questions. We're going to go way over on time, but I don't care because you're so interesting. <laughs> um, so uh, on when you, um, I'm going to take this back because I've now lost the train of thought. This is a great interview and I'm just killing myself. Um, when you take that week off yeah. and, and recharge, how do you decide what you're going to do for the week off? Because, you, I mean, you have to be so into that three-week period. like, yeah. And it's like, that's, that's a 12 big trips or 12 big things to do a year. Yeah. Like, how do you decide what to do? I w okay, I love the idea of an, an unfolding life um so that like there's brightness in our life and you kind of unfold it and it reveals itself so it involves a lot of trust and i would just let like the universe tell me where i was going um a lot of those flights were booked that day or the next day I love that. like or the day before rather <laughs> and it would be like a friend ting ting calling me up and being like hey i'm shooting something in hong kong like i'll be there for a couple days you could overlap your trip with me i'm like great i'll go to hong kong this week that sounds really fun um obviously having like the financial abundance to be able to book a flight the day before is Why really important. So important right? it is really yeah. important um the freedom that you get from it's insane um and it would just be like wherever just being loose with it and not being strict with it. There was no program or regime I was following. Sometimes, like, one of the weeks I just went home to my parents and I did a total week with no music, no um, uh, electronics, no TV, no movies. Um, and no all, all I had was allowed <laughs> was written books oh, wow. and a journal. And I did that for a week. And I did a full day in silence, too. Really? With my family. And that day, like... All the ideas that came to me that week, like I came out of that week with two new business plans. Like, like I was like chewing at the bit day seven. I was like, I need to call my friends. I need to tell them about like, I got to get them in on this partnership with me. We got to build this right now. Like I have to move on this. Um, but the day of silence, I didn't talk for the entire day around my family. Have you ever done that before? Uh, I've done it once before. Wow. Um, but this was like a true, true day of silence. And my family knew I was doing it. So like, they wouldn't interact with me and make it harder. Um, but the amount of energy that we spend articulating ourselves every single day and even responding with noise or with facial, like you're this nod right, right now, exactly. that's a lot of energy. So you get to the end of the silent day and you're like an energizer bunny. Like I couldn't go to bed. I had so much energy. <laughs> it was crazy. So that was another cool realization. But I think very yeah. buddhist i love this well i, I mean i'm not a, yeah, and not subscribing good. to anything yeah, yeah, yeah you know like this is well, the, that's very buddhist not to yeah. subscribe to and anything i'll take you down this is the christian the way yeah i like it yeah that's yeah. cool no, and I what works it. for me and it's an ever-developing program of of testing and and new rules and just going with the flow of things but 
Yeah, there's nothing strict about it. You're Lots of extraordinary flow. person. I, I love this. Now, does Tyler travel with you when you get your week off? Do you do social media oh, stuff? Oh, so Tyler, Tyler just came on board this early. Oh, like, no. March, yeah. He's new to my program. But do you take someone social media-wise? you capture no, anything on your week? No, I would go by myself, and I wouldn't vlog it. Yeah, good, good. Because that would be work, yeah. Good. And yeah, even I, though I, I love I'm capturing. Just, I'm going to shift your vision of work from, that's yes. going to be my job to teach you That would be activity. activity. Exactly. That would make me money. It's just activity, and you're going to learn. But I believe that we don't do it, we love. You but live differently. I can teach people to love and literally learn to love what they do. Yeah. Because you won't do what you love. But yep. you can learn to love anything. Yeah. Right? It's and all the power. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Last question. Only because my nine-year-old will kill me if I didn't ask okay. you. And someday I may have you play him because he will just. I die. would love that. Play couple, him or he, play with him. With him. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you love that. Um, <laughs> but what's the best piece of advice? You know, with professional quarterbacks and baseball players, everybody's always asking, you know, I want to be one of my favorite stories. Uh, Jim Lairis, the World Series hero changed his whole profession because Johnny Bench, who was his hero, the catcher for the Cincinnati Reds, mm -hmm. literally gave him a piece of advice and told him, if you want to make the major leagues, being a catcher is the easiest way to get there. Oh, I love and he that. shifted his position and he ended up being, you know, an MVP of the World Series <laughs> and beating the Braves as a catcher. What I piece of that. advice, if you were the Johnny, and you are, the Johnny Bench of streaming gaming, right? Here yeah. you are. What piece of advice would you give to a nine-year-old if they aspire to be a professional gamer? Um... I think it would be to learn how to lose well. That's a good um, piece for for life for too. everything. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it, gaming's so interesting that every piece of advice will translate. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, practice is important. Obviously, not quitting uh, is important. Yeah, obviously, watching your favorite top content creators' vods and reviewing it and see what they do differently and how they can perform better. There's lots of coaching videos online, Reddit threads, whatever it is. But the people that you see on the top and on the top consistently have learned. It's, it's a 100-person lobby that lasts 27 minutes. And over the course of a day, you're going to play a lot of games, and you're not going to win every single one. So learning not to attach to your losses and to just evaluate them well and then be ready for the next game from what you learned in the game past and not to get tilted is the most important thing. And especially with the way that they're doing qualifiers for Fortnite, it's four hours of as many – ten games – and most people don't get to that many because they take a little bit longer. Um, ten games total, and you got to just do your best in every single one. And if you have two great games and then you have a really bad one and you tilt, you're not qualifying. Like, it's it's okay to have a bad game. There's room right. for it. Um, so I think just getting great at losing. What I love about being an owner of a team, investing in the sport, ho helping to hopefully pave the way for other athletes, uh, participants mm -hmm. like yourself, is that – the mirror of life to me is that life is about lessons. Yep. That's all it is. And that the, the lessons, and this is true about the gaming side that I love, is that if I can teach people in life that lessons are going to keep on coming mm -hmm. until you learn them. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's such an evolution while you're playing. And I've watched you as well. Like you can see an evolution. Like you keep making the same mistakes. The lessons keep coming. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you figure it out. Yeah. And that lesson is gone. Yeah. Right. And until you forget it. In and the then, game and it's quick. In life it's a little bit of a bigger cycle. But yeah. yeah. And I just love the, the, you know, the whole game just like in life is just about how many lessons am I going to learn and mm -hmm. how can I accelerate and improve. Um, wow. That's all I have to say about this interview. You are extraordinary. Kristen Vel Velnicek, better known as Kitty Plays. Yes. Um, you got to check her out. She's extraordinary. Um, more than just as a player. Like, 
I am in awe of you're an old soul with extraordinary oh, wisdom you. and a true entrepreneur, by the way. They'll remember this one from 20 years going, oh my gosh, this is like the Muhammad Ali oh. and Dave Meltzer interview. This is awesome. <laughs> That's a big I'm comparison. such a, tra- I'm still a traditional <laughs> guy. Anyway, we went way over time, but it was so worth it. It may be yeah. the longest podcast I've done, but it was worth it. I so much appreciate you and I hope to Thank you. see you again, cheer you on and hopefully help you however yeah, I can. Yeah, and help change this industry together. Yeah, you're awesome. Yeah, Katie Plays, nice. Kristen Valnicek, Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.